Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, the family of a gay sheriff's deputy in South Florida has been denied insurance benefits covering his death due to COVID-19. The Hallmark Channel announces its 2020 holiday lineup will include films with LGBTQ characters, actors, and plot points. And Mexico City's Regional Congress approved a bill to criminalize so-called conversion therapy. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The family of Shannon Bennett, the gay Broward Sheriff's deputy who died from COVID-19 in April, has been denied insurance benefits covering his death. A 12-year veteran deputy, Bennett became the first South Florida first responder to be killed by COVID-19. Insurance giant AIG denied the family's claim for accidental death in the line of duty last month. According to Local 10 News, Bennett's family received a letter from AIG saying the company had reviewed the claim and determined Bennett's death didn't occur in the line of duty. AIG's position, according to the letter, is that Bennett's death, quote, was caused in whole or in part by, or resulted in whole or in part, from sickness or disease, which is specifically excluded under this policy, end quote. Shannon's brother, Darren Bennett, told Local 10 News, quote, Essentially, while my family is grappling with trying to get our bearings back, this type of letter comes in and, of course, it floors us. The Broward County Sheriff's Office sent an appeal on behalf of the family, as the BSO believes Bennett, who was 39 years old, contracted COVID-19 while on duty. That appeal was denied a couple of weeks later. AIG acknowledged that Bennett did likely contract the virus while in the line of duty, but held firm on the decision to deny his benefits. Broward Sheriff Gregory Tony released a statement which read in part, quote, One of the most difficult tragedies to endure in this profession is a line of duty death. We are committed to helping the Bennett family. We pay thousands of dollars each year for this insurance, and I'm extremely disappointed that AIG is denying this claim. We will exhaust all appeals. Bennett was engaged and planned to marry his fiancée, Jonathan Fry, in December. The fight over Bennett's insurance benefits is just the latest chapter in a series of ugliness surrounding his death. NBC News reports that Dale Engel, the South Florida police chief who came under fire in April for a homophobic rant referencing Bennett, has tendered his resignation this week after officers brought the incident up to the Florida Police Union. According to several deputies in attendance, Engel ordered his employees to line up in formation in a department parking lot and began to berate officers who raised concerns about coronavirus protocol. During the rant, Engel referenced Bennett's death, telling the officers Bennett died because he was, quote, a homosexual who attended homosexual events, end quote. He was placed on administrative leave, and this week Engel resigned over the incident. 
Mexico City's Regional Congress approved a bill this past week to criminalize gay conversion therapy in a step hailed as a major victory for Mexico's LGBTQ community. Proponents of conversion therapy attempt to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity using methods like psychological counseling, religious instruction, and even electroshock therapy. The dangerous pseudoscience has become widely discredited in recent years with major medical organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Psychological Association denouncing the so-called therapy. In a virtual session, Mexico City's politicians passed the bill, which received broad cross-party support. Conversion therapy providers will now face up to five years in prison with higher sentences for those who subject minors to the practice. Under the new law, conversion therapy is defined as psychological or psychiatric measures or treatments which intend to, quote, nullify, hinder, modify, or undermine the expression of a person's gender identity or their sexual orientation. Mexico City, which in 2009 was the first region of the country to legalize same-sex marriage, is now the first jurisdiction in Mexico to ban the harmful practice. In the United States, 20 states plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico have laws or regulations protecting LGBTQ youth from the debunked practice. Last week, GLAD released its 8th annual Studio Responsibility Index, tracking LGBTQ representation in major studio films in 2019. One of GLAD's most significant contributions to the media landscape is assessing LGBTQ representation and holding major players accountable when their efforts to erase the experience of LGBTQ people. The report is intended to serve as a roadmap towards increasing fair, accurate, and inclusive LGBTQ representation in film. Here are some of the facts and figures that GLAD found in its report of 118 films released from the eight major studios tracked in 2019. First, 22 films, 18.6%, included characters that were LGBTQ, representing a slight increase of 0.4% from the previous year's report, and the highest percentage of inclusive films found in the eight-year history of GLAD's reporting. Now the not-so-good news. 56% of those characters appeared for less than three minutes of total screen time in each film, with 21 characters receiving less than one minute of screen time. Only nine films from the eight major studios included an LGBTQ character who had more than 10 minutes of screen time. More bad news? There was a slight decrease in the racial diversity of LGBTQ characters in major films for the second year in a row. In 2019, just 34%, 17 LGBTQ characters, were people of color. That's down from 42% in the previous report and 57% in the year before that. The report found zero transgender characters in the major studio films, and only three films included bisexual characters. In 2018, GLAD issued a challenge to major studios asking for an increase to 20% representation by the end of 2021, with the additional ask of up to 50% LGBTQ representation by the year-ending 2024. GLAD is extending that challenge to ensure that within the next two years, at least half of LGBTQ characters in major studio films are people of color, 
For more information how you can help GLAAD fight for more fair LGBTQ representation in the media, head over to GLAAD.org. G-L-A-A-D dot org. The Hallmark Channel's holiday movie universe is about to get a little bit more inclusive. According to HuffPost, producers are in active negotiations to ensure that films in the channel's annual Countdown to Christmas and Miracles of Christmas lineups include LGBTQ narratives. George Zerolaitis, vice president of network program publicity at Hallmark's parent company, Crown Media Family Networks, said in a statement, quote, Diversity and inclusion are a top priority for us, and we look forward to making some exciting programming announcements in the coming months, including announcements about projects featuring LGBTQ storylines, characters, and actors. Zerolaitis offered no specifics, but he did add, We are committed to creating a Hallmark experience where everyone feels welcome. The announcement was made during Hallmark Channel's Christmas in July celebration and came just days after the channel was hit with online criticism after announcing a slate of 40 new Christmas movies, none of which appeared to be LGBTQ inclusive. You may recall last winter when the Hallmark Channel found itself in the middle of an LGBTQ firestorm when it pulled four commercials that featured same-sex couples kissing. At the time, the channel said the ads produced by the wedding planning site Zola had been deemed controversial and in violation of company policy. But after a lot of social media backlash, the channel reversed course, issued an apology, and returned the commercials to the airwaves. Gender reveal parties have become wildly popular and equally polarizing. A couple in Akron, Ohio, Love Gwaltney and her husband Brandon, recently shared a series of photos on Facebook with the usual setup. Pink and blue balloons, a cake with matching sprinkles, and a pregnant couple smiling happily standing next to a huge box. The couple opened the box to reveal yellow, purple, and black balloons, the color of the non-binary flag, and their son, Gray. In the Facebook post, Love wrote, We wanted to announce that we got it wrong 17 years ago when we told the world we were having a little girl. So we'd like to introduce you to our son, Gray. He's much like other 17-year-old nerdy boys, stays up way too late gaming, hates showering, and eats way too much junk food. We will be referring to Gray with he-him pronouns from here on out, but he told us to let you know that he also doesn't mind if you use they-them. Love explained the colors of the balloons they chose matched the non-binary flag, and the celebration cake had layers matching the transgender flag. The post has since been shared over 53,000 times on Facebook and received more than 14,000 comments, with the vast majority being very supportive. Love updated the post to share a few details, just to clarify. One, she noted that Gray is 17 and his parents feel that he is making the decision on his own on pronouns and how he identifies. They didn't influence him in any way. They just want to provide a happy, healthy home where he can be true and honest. Also, the decision to transition was not made suddenly. Love says months and years built up to where they are now. During that time, chest binders, haircuts, and clothing changes have all been used and explored so Gray could find his way to today. And one more thing. 
Gray isn't on testosterone at this time, but if he does start, it will be his decision, she says. The family has done tons of homework on the subject and are letting Gray and his doctor make those decisions. She also notes that since Gray identifies as non-binary, he may not do hormonal therapy. And finally, this awesome mom closed by saying she's received tons of messages from trans kids and adults, and their stories have touched her heart. To them, she wrote, I hate that so many of you in the trans community were not given the love and acceptance you all deserve. I see you. I hear you. I am your new mom now. How's that for an uplifting story? Congrats to Gray and his terrific, awesome parents. I won't put a label on singer-songwriter Abby Kay, as her musical artistry spans several genres, including folk, Americana, and alt-country. She was inspired to write her latest single, Mom's Old Room, after a transgender fan shared their story with her. Noting the silent prison some trans people might find themselves in, the LGBTQ ally says, quote, Living a life where I couldn't be myself would break me. This song is dedicated to all the human butterflies in the world. May they have the courage to transform and live their true beauty. The lovely lilting song and whimsical animated music video pair perfectly to tell the lovely tale of self-discovery. You can find the music video on therandyreport.com. Check it out there. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing it with your friends. I like to think of this as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. I just want to remind you to wash your hands frequently, wear a face mask, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. I'm going to close this episode with Abby Kay's Mom's Old Room. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mom was a rebel. She never conformed to dainty, effeminate social norms. Mom took me to visit my grandma one day. A boy shocked to discover when I found my way. This tale tells a story only very few know Of the depths behind walls that never did show Mom's old room, surprises were found Mom's old room, no limits or bounds Mom's old room Mom's old room Seemed frozen in time Full of remnants of life she left far behind Vanity makeup Closets of dresses All the things a suburban Princess possesses The room was closed up Tight like the tomb Of a girl her mom Hoped for that never would bloom Mom's old room A new world was there Mom's old room, a girl's dream, none compared In mom's old room Shocked, yes, I was, but much more to share 
stood there, dresser full of fine underwear, lace corsets and bras, satin slips and some tights, pajamas and nightgowns to wear in the night. The life grandma selected, my mom had rejected and left it behind. Not what grandma expected. Mom's old room, she left it behind. Mom's old room. What I'd find in Mom's old room. I took off my clothes, my heart beating fast. Nervous, this treasure hunt would not last. Pulled up something, panties over my hips. Reached into the drawer and picked a white slip. Looked in the mirror, I was impressed. Then chose some stockings, the closet address. Mom's old room is where I found peace. Mom's old room, she was finally released. As the sky, a pink and red, but one caught my eye. The prom dress I chose, laid out on the bed. Worried grandma might enter, thoughts in my head. It was dainty and frilly, soft and ornate. And when on, I felt like the queen on her date. Finally, the girl I wished I could be. Mom's old room, it seemed, was the whole world to me.